In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So, through the grace of God, today we'll discuss, kind of, there's kind of two main aspects to the, what we're going to be talking about. So, first part is, what is a blessing? As we see in scripture, like when God blessed something, what, 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 were the, what was the outcome of that blessing? And uh, the second part will be discussing what is, discussing the aspects of the Holy Spirit and how the, the Holy Spirit is a blessing to us. And based on the blessing of God in the Old Testament, how those blessings are seen in the blessing of the Holy Spirit in our lives now. <coughs> so the first part, um, I was hoping to read some verses from the scripture, but I don't have them here. But so the first part of the blessing that we see that God blessed something in the, in the, in the Bible and we see the outcome of it was when, when we see God is blessing Adam and Eve. And he said, God bless them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. So this idea of God blessing something and there's increase and there's multiplication of that, right? So we see that in Genesis 2, there are other aspects in which the Lord gave a blessing and there was also increase. So for example, when we see that God blessed the oil and the wheat with Elijah and the widow, there was enough wheat and there was enough oil during the famine that did not run out, but it continued to flow and it was sufficient and they were, it was abundant to get them through uh, the famine. Um, we also see the, um, when God, when Christ blessed the five loaves and the two fish, it says he blessed them and he broke and then that multiplied, right? So this kind of multipl multiplication or multiplicative factor of God's blessing, when he blesses something, it multiplies and it grows, okay? So that's one aspect of blessing that we see in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, where God blesses something and it increases. Another aspect of blessing is this aspect of uh, sanctification. So we read when, I think it was Genesis 3 or maybe Genesis 2, when, it when God says, uh, when God blessed the Sabbath, so as we said, what is, so one aspect of blessing that God gave is God blessed Adam and Eve, and he said, be fruitful, multiply. And another aspect of the blessing, too, that we see from when God blessed Adam and Eve is that he gave them authority. So it says, he blessed them, and he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So this, there, was some, uh, there was some authority that God had given them with the blessing. As we said, when, when Christ broke, blessed and broke the five loaves and the two fish, there was a multiplication of uh, the, the fish and the bread um, to feed all the multitude. Um, and Elijah, when God blessed the oil and the flour in the widow's house, and it was abundant, where you know, they was able to get them through the famine. Um, th this talk is based on two talks from Pope Shenouda. So one, one talk was, um, is actually called The Blessing, and then at least that, that's the English like, title for it. Um, and the other title, the other talk that this is based off of is a talk that His, His Holiness um, had given on the Holy Spirit. And one, one thing he's, He said about um, the blessing that is, is a nice reminder for all of us, He said, okay, if I ask you what's more, nine-tenths or, or one? And of course we'd all say one is greater than nine-tenths. Then He said, okay, well what if you have nine-tenths plus the blessing versus one, which is more? And he said, of course, the nine-tenths plus the blessing is much more than 
just having the one. Because when we give God our tithe, we give God like a, something of ours, even though we may have less of that thing, like less time, we may feel like we have less energy, we may feel like we'll have less money, but because we have the blessing of God by giving that, we end up having more than if we had just kept it all for ourselves. And it's just a very nice reminder for us, the simple arithmetic is the this, this, this spiritual arithmetic, I guess, is something that we should always keep in mind, that just because we give of something doesn't necessarily mean that we have less, but we, but we actually have more when we give it to God, and God blesses it and multiplies that blessing. Um, as we say, the blessing in one aspect is increase. Another aspect of blessing is when God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it. And, um, and we see this too, you know, when, when the deacons come and to serve you know, in the, in the altar and to serve as deacons. Before we put on the tunic, even though we've already been ordained deacons, we go to the priest. The priest does the sign of the cross. The sign of the cross is the sign of victory, the sign of blessing, the sign of sanctification. And because of that blessing, we're able to have the blessing of serving, in the, uh, serving before God and chanting and leading the congregation in the hymns. And so one, one aspect of blessing is a blessing of sanctification. So we said blessing is an increase, and a blessing is a sanctification. Another aspect for blessing that we see in the life of Joseph very clearly, Joseph the righteous, is that we see that God blessed his life regardless of where he was and regardless of what he was doing. So in slavery, so it... We read this in the book of Genesis. It says, The Lord blessed the e Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had and all he had in the house and in the field. And it was to such a point where he was able to trust the uh, Potiphar was able to trust him so much that he didn't even really have to pay attention to what he was doing because he knew that he, he was blessed. He saw the blessing of God like it was almost tangible in front of him, how God had blessed him so much. And that he was trustworthy, that he said, you know, you can, you can take care of everything. I don't even, I have, this is like the best, this is like a manager, this is like an owner's dream. To have this manager that God is blessing, everything he touches is blessed, and it's fruitful, and it's multiplying. And this person is honest, and I can just be on cruise control. And this person, I trust him with everything, I trust him with my whole house. That's the blessing that he had in, as being a slave in the house. So you see that God blessed him for success. And we also see this in prison. So we read, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, as we said, because the Lord was with him. Whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So even in the prison, when you think, okay, the prison, they have to keep an eye on them because, you know, you don't want them to conspire and have an uprising and try to break free. But no, that they, the, the prison keeper saw in him, this guy is trustworthy, this guy is blessed, and he trusted him to o sort of order oversee what was happening in the prison. So it shows that God was really blessing what he was doing to such a degree that, that he had all like the favor and all the love and acceptance of those around him, even though he was seen as the least, being a slave and being a prisoner. So the next aspect I kind of going into was we were talking about the blessing, what the blessing is. And this is not exhaustive. What we just talked about, talked about was not exhaustive about the blessing. There are other aspects of blessing. But, um, but going on to the, the blessing of the Holy Spirit, because we're in this season where we're celebrating the, 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 the descent of the Holy Spirit and the spread of the 
good news throughout the whole world. And all of this was possible through the Christ's redemptive work, his, inc his incarnation, death, resurrection, ascension, and sending the Holy Spirit. Because we say that we, we acknowledge and we remember that the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples is the, is the birthday of the church. The Pentecost is the birthday of the church. And what's, uh, what His Holiness said that was, was there always a, a nice reminder, I think, is it's very easy for us to try to do things on our own. We try to improve our skills. We try to become more knowledgeable. All of that's good. All of that is great, right? But we have to realize that if we try to accomplish God's work on our own, we will fail. And in the end, it'll cause destruction, either of ourselves or whatever we're doing. It'll be the opposite of what we're talking about with Joseph, how everything he did was blessed and prospered. It'll be the opposite if we try to do things on our own. And Christ made that very clear to the disciples. So imagine the disciples, they had this roller coaster ride, right? They had the Last Supper, this amazing time. Then Christ was cr crucified, and he was, which is a very agonizing, painful, disillusioning time. Then he resurrected in this amazing joy. And then Christ said, what? He, he's with them 40 days, and he said, what? I'm going to leave, and you need to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you not too long from now, right? And it shows us, I mean, he... he Christ had spent three and a half year, three or three and a half years with the disciples. He was teaching them by example. He was teaching them with their words. Like there was, I mean, they had been, they had been conditioned. They had been trained to serve, right? I mean, they saw, they saw that the servant, the greatest servant of all time, God in the flesh. And even after all of that training, Christ said, stay here in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came, and we obviously know what happened with Pentecost, and they had tongues of fire, etc. And they had such boldness, they had such power. And what happened when they, when when they, um, when the disciples were brought before the Sanhedrin? They said they were so they saw their their boldness, and they were shocked. You know, how can you how can you have so much boldness? You know, your master had just died a few days before, or you know, six or seven weeks before, and they were shocked by their boldness, and they said. They saw them and saw that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and they had been with Jesus. They were unschooled and ordinary men. Like, they saw with their eyes that they were just normal people. They were just normal, uneducated people. They would look at them and say, how did they, they, they would see them and say, you know, outwardly, you have nothing to explain this power that you have inside of you. But it said that they noted that they had been with Jesus, right? And so when we, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we're receiving the Spirit of Christ, we're receiving the Spirit of God. And so this power is transformative. And this power, this blessing, is something that guide, guides us to grow closer to God and to, to serve, serve the Lord better, as we will discuss. But as we see the Holy Spirit, His activity, so He works in us, He works through us, and He works, um, and when we see that He's working with us, we see that He's working with us so it's not he's working on me like i i'm against i'm opposing him or it's it's in spite of me but there's an I, there's an aspect of me abiding there's an aspect of me submitting there's an aspect of me working with the holy spirit inside of me in order to accomplish the work that god has for me so the holy spirit instructs us 
He instructs us in what to do. He reminds us what we should be doing. He also steers us away from what we should not be doing, steers us away from sin, and he guides us in truth. So we have the free will to choose to cooperate with the Holy Spirit or not. Any questions or comments so far? I don't think it's anything that we haven't heard, but it's just a good reminder. Wow. Are you asleep? You should have some more coffee. Okay. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we know the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Okay. It's listed in, in Galatians 5, 22, and 23. But we also read that God, our God is a consuming fire. So we read that there are, there are multiple scriptures that talk about God being a consuming fire. As we read in Hebrews 12, for our God is a consuming fire. And then we read in Psalm 104, who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. So it's, it's, it makes, makes his ministers, makes us, the believers, as a flame of fire. So what does this mean? What are the qualities of this fire? What, what, you know, when we think of fire, we, th we, ha we put fire alarms and we think, oh, well, you know, we're always worried about a fire, something causes a fire. But this is a good fire, right? It was, we'll discuss. But it says, Christ said, uh, even said himself, I came to send fire on the earth. In Luke 12, we, it's, it's, it says that. So we're reminded that, okay, well, what, it, what does this mean? What is this fire? This fire is the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit working in us. So then what does that look like? What, is, what, what does that entail? What is the fruit? What is beyond the fruit? What is the activity of the Holy Spirit? Why is this idea of fire so important? And even St. John the Baptist, he says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire to confirm that when Christ said, I came to send fire on the earth, he said, that fire is the Holy Spirit. So His Holiness says, this fire is like is a warmth that that the Holy Spirit brings on the person. He said this warmth brings zeal, brings fervor, brings um, a strong desire to love God more, to learn more about God, to serve God more, and that's that's what God that's the activity of the Holy Spirit in us is is instead of me thinking okay I'm fasting now. How can I make this fast a little bit more tolerable? It's how can I fast more better? How can I fast more wholeheartedly? How can I take advantage of this fast? You see, so this idea is completely flipped. Um, when we when we talk about the the zeal, the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in us, that is also manifested in my desire to serve more, to serve better, to serve my family, to serve my friends to serve the people I work with, to serve the church, to serve the people in, in the community. This, this desire is, is born in us through the grace of the Holy Spirit, the blessing of the Holy Spirit. He will cause us to want to serve in a greater capacity, with greater fervor, loving more people. Our hearts will be enlarged, so to speak, because when we're, when we're, when we're you know, baby Christians, our hearts are not very big. And it's, it's very hard, you know, we're trying to overcome ourselves and get out of ourselves. And it's, I find it very hard to even love, you know, my, my, fam my immediate family or my extended family. But as we grow in the grace of the Holy Spirit and his, 
His fire is burning within us. We're able not only to love our family better, we're able to love acquaintances better, we're able to love strangers on the street. We have a heart that burns with love for those around us. And that love is, is rooted in our love for God. And so we see that the, when the Holy Spirit is working within us, he enlarges us to love more and to want to serve more and to want to read the Bible more and, so, and, and pray more. So we see that this fire is something that is kind of this, this, this will, this force that causes us wants to do more for God and to, lo- to love people more. We're reminded, too, on the day of Pentecost, um, the Holy Spirit descended like tongues of fire on the, on the disciples, and His, His Holiness said, that, said something very nice. He said, so the disciples, they became like embers or like, like fiery charcoals, and He said when, they were, dis- when they, they were dispersed because of the persecution, they effectively set the whole world on fire with the grace of the Holy Spirit. And he's, he, was, he says this with such fervor, and he says this with such conviction. And this fire uh, spread despite all of the persecution from the Jews, from the Gentiles. They were spread, they were a persecuted minority, but because of the fire of the Holy Spirit working within them, the blessing of the Holy Spirit, they were able to convert the whole world to Christianity as a, when it started out as a rejected minority. So when we talked about the blessing of the Holy Spirit in the beginning of the talk, we talked about the, the blessing, the blessing is this idea of increase, right? We talked about the blessing as, an, as, this, as a sanctification. So when the priest blesses the garment, the tunics, there's, it's, it's set aside. Or when the bishop set, prays for a priest, that, that priest is sanctified to serve God, right? The third aspect of blessing is this blessing of success, right? So... When we look at when we look at these three aspects with the grace of the Holy Spirit working within us, so what does this look like? So the increase is the increase in love, the increase in virtue, and when we look at the sanctification, so through this process of the Holy Spirit working within us, he will burn the thorns of our sin. He will burn the thorns of of everything that's causing us to stumble and to be distracted. And we'll be aflame for the love of God. And we'll be ministers fervent as fire, as we read in Psalm 104. And in terms of success, because of the, the, the blessing of the Holy Spirit, we'll have this success in ourselves. So it's always important to remember, well, what does this success look like? So the success looks like different things for different people, right? So some people... When they when they're serving when they're serving the success would, may mean that they're they're growing in their love for other people and they're growing their love for God and they're 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 expanding their service right. For other people, it may be financial success um, at work, for example. But wor- but success at work could also mean having the favor of the people because the people see the love of God in me and they see Christ in me. Success could also mean that. Even if I'm not very financially, you know, I don't have overabundance in finances, but I have sufficiency for my family, and that is success for me. That's the success that God has ordained for me. So this, this success can be different for each of us. But these three blessings are blessings of the Holy Spirit, the blessing of increase, 
the blessing of sanctification and the blessing of success. We also read in, in Philippians 2, it says, He works in you both to will and to do ag- according to his good pleasure. And, I, and sometimes it's very difficult. I don't know if, if I'm the only one, but sometimes it'd be, it may be very difficult for me to say, like, if I have a desire in my heart, and then I pray the Lord's Prayer and I say, Thy will be done. Because what if his will is not my will or my will is not matching his will, Right? But as we grow closer to God and as the Holy Spirit, as we're submitting more to the grace of the Holy Spirit and we're growing in our obedience to God, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we say, Thy will be done, this will bring joy to us. So why would that bring joy to us? Why, why me asking God for His will to be done bring joy to me? Because I know that this is the greatest good. When, when, when God's will is done, I know this is the greatest good. I know this is the best conclusion. This is the best outcome. This will allow me to grow closest to God as I can be. This will, this will allow me to serve God's people in the greatest capacity. So when I pray the Lord's, Lord's will, uh, that his will would be done, this will become a joy and this will become a desire for me to pray. It will not, uh, there will be a matching of my will with his will through the grace of, working of the grace of the Holy Spirit within me. So, I wanted to include two talks for, or two quotes, I'm sorry, for, um, for the end of this talk. And I thought this was kind of illustrative of the, the blessing of the Holy Spirit, what it does to, what th- that blessing does to a person. So St. Habib Gerges, he was um, a reformer. Um, he was born in the late 1800s. He passed away like, in the mid-1950s. And he was a fan, an incredible reformer of of, te- of teaching, and is also he was able to effectively create the Sunday school program that we have now in the in the church. So there, there, at that time when he was born, there was a dark time in the Coptic Church, and education level was very low, and uh, there was a lot of ignorance, and there was a lot of um, false, incorrect teaching spreading through Egypt. And so he said, you know, it's very important for us to be educated and to know what our faith is. And so he was able to s- effectively spearhead the, the Sunday school program that all of our children enjoy now. And all of our servants get the blessing of serving. <laughs> so he was recently canonized a saint a few years ago because of just how impactful his life was. Um, and here's a quote from him. So he said, uh, and, and also what, one thing that was very important too is that he felt very strongly about the seminary because if the seminary is, is not there or it's weak, then the priests will not know what they're teaching and then the people will not know their faith. So he felt very strongly that the seminary should be a fantastic place for, for people to know their faith and actually grow, th- grow their faith by experience and by serving the liturgy and uh, serving other people. So St. Habib Gerges said, I felt a voice calling me from the depth of my heart. My soul is ignited, moving to rise up to the duty of the seminary for which God created me, for I was created for its sake. Hence, I did not rest for one instant, nor did I become tepid for one second, nor did I slacken from working for its progress. 
This was an inner voice and call, a desired hope, a deep love, and a definite desire. So you see his heart was, he, he saw his purpose was in serving God in this way. And he did not, you know, it, it takes a special grace for, for, for him to reach this, for someone to reach this level, to be able to say, I did not rest for one instant. Of course, we all have to rest. But he, he, the wor- Holy Spirit was working to such a great degree in him, and he had such fire, and he had such zeal that he did not give rest to his eyes. But he kept pushing and going forward and going forward, and despite all the opposition, he had an incredible amount of opposition. So if you read his story, he had opposition from, there was, like, there was from clergy, he had opposition from, from priests and bishops, he had opposition from, from lay people, he had opposition from um, varying other Christian leaders, uh, like, um, like Protestant leaders, that were trying to come in and teach this incomplete or in, uh, incorrect doctrine. And so he, and he had this incredible financial restriction that it was, it was very difficult when he was trying to build the seminary. He had opposition from the clergy and the people, and then he also didn't have the finances. He had a lot of opposition. It was incredible. But we see that he had this, because he had this zeal, he had this fire of the Holy Spirit working within him, he did not, he did not succumb to you know, this, this opposition, but he continued to work and to work in faith knowing that God will bless his work. This is another quote, I think, in the same vein, to show the blessing of the Holy Spirit in his his life. So he said, Despite efforts that sapped my health and crushed my strength, I did not surrender for one day to anyone who resisted me or envied me. Birds peck only at ripe fruits. I thank God Almighty that through his grace, Despair never penetrated my soul, even for one day. But in fact, I constantly smile at the resistances. It is imperative that we do not fail in doing good, for we shall reap the harvest in due time if we do not grow weary. So this verse is very encouraging for me because despite always feeling tired and always feeling defeated and there's always a mess, there's always a problem. There's always fires to put out. And I feel like a failure. And I just have so many shortcomings. Like my shortcomings, I like go above my head. But despite that, we see that the grace of the Holy Spirit will sustain us to continue on being faithful to what God has called us to. And so it's an encouragement for us that we have the grace of the Holy Spirit within us. We've all, we've all I think, been, been, been baptized and chrismated. We have the Holy Spirit working within us. All of us took communion. We have the grace of God working within us. We have the blessing of the Holy Spirit. We have to continue enduring. We have to continue being faithful, knowing that we will reap a harvest if we do not grow, leary, grow weary. So just an encouragement for us in this time that we're, we're celebrating the, the coming of the Holy Spirit and the spread of the gospel to the whole world. That we're not alone, but we have the, the Lord in us, working in us and through us and with us to accomplish his will in the world. Any questions or comments? It's more exhortative and encouraging. I don't think there's anything that no one really knew, but it's just a good reminder for all of us.
Glory be to God forever. Amen. Stand up, please. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you, O Lord, for granting us this great blessing of the working of the Holy Spirit in us. Please, O Lord, grant us humble hearts, Lord, and bendable wills, Lord, to yield to you and to be obedient to you with all of our hearts. Please, O Lord, we ask you to use us um, so that more people will come to the knowledge of you and that we might grow closer to you that we might all be um, be coming to you in your kingdom, in your second coming. Through the intercession of St. Mary, the Mother of God, St. Paul, and all your saints, make us worthy to pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.